Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. You know the discussions before the show, you just mentioned this. Oftentimes, I know. And, and you, <laughs> when we get into the, well, we just had a great show just talking. I know, we and did. We'll never remember it. We just did 15 <laughs> minutes of a really good talk show, and we didn't have the record button pressed. Because, we, yeah, we're just kind of talking in general and warming our chops up, I guess, so to speak, and our brains, too, because I don't know about you, but mine doesn't, even though I'm <laughs> awake, I'm, I'm on my second cup of coffee, mm -hmm. it doesn't always function right. Oh, you know, I, I know like, the feeling. I know the feeling. You know, when I did morning shows in radio, I don't know how I ever got through the morning because I'm not a morning person. I'm not the kind of person who can get up at uh, quarter of four in the morning and be on the air at five o'clock in the morning and sound happy to be there. You know, because, because you're not. No, exactly, exactly. I used to go in with my stories and things oh, yeah. that I was going to talk about. And I never rehearsed it with anybody because I'm going, it, it, what I found out when I did, it killed the spontaneity. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I would, I would go through the story and I would, you know me, I got to throw a line in. I have a punchline for everything, mm -hmm. you know, it, or a spur of the moment. And I would go in with that punchline in mind, waiting for, you know, as I'm laying right. out this story for right. the setup and then bam, let's knock it out of the park. And bada bing, jingle, boom, and into yeah. the song. And they go, wow, you guys really rehearsed that. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. But every once in a while, uh, this guy, Dave Bishop, he would sit there, and he was a straight-laced news guy, and all of a sudden, he would he would just sit there and know where I was going, or he had a great line, and he would just derail it. <laughs> the line. But I, I was going, yeah, I'll take that. Bada bing, boom, jingle, and song. It was like it was rehearsed. And everyone said, what's the chemistry? And I'm going like, you're eavesdropping on a real conversation. Yeah. Spontaneity. Well, yeah, there, there is no. I, I, I always felt that the best radio was was yeah. radio that came off the top of your head. It wasn't rehearsed. A lot of guys rehearsed their stuff, and some of them it worked for, I guess. But uh, for me, nope. I had to go in there, and uh, I, I had to be as surprised as the, the listener when yeah. I was doing my show. That was the fun of it. You know, because then they felt like they were a part of the show and yep. they're eavesdropping on the conversation. And even if you're just a straight tip for a guy in radio, even if you're just a straight talk over the record jock, you know, do your stuff, you know, have an idea what you're going to do, mm -hmm. but have some fun and make it, uh, make it spontaneous and real. And when you hit that little funny quip that you did, yeah. even if it just was spur of the moment. The listener was right there like you were sitting at a bar having a cup of coffee or or a beer and they're going ha, 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 I like buddy. to laugh on the ear. I like to I like yeah. to laugh, but people knew that when I was laughing I really was laughing. They if they yeah. were laughing and I was laughing we were both sharing a laugh together because it was the first time I I had said it or or heard of it too, you know. That's a well but anyway, we're talking a little behind the uh, Behind the well, scenes actually, here. it sets up the fact that, you know, when radio, we like to laugh and have fun with the listener. Now, we it's want to, to bitch it. and bemoan and cry because <laughs> that's what the news oh. does to us. Oh, and you it, hear it even in some people with, you know, you hear, uh, you, you hear stories and audio of people. People are fed up. They're frustrated, when do though. We hit the, yeah. When are we going to hit the boiling point? Uh, and I, I mean... If I liken this to a pot on the stove, mm -hmm. you know, the kettle is sitting there bouncing and whistling 
And if you touch it, you're going to scald your hand. When is it going to blow up? Because it's about to blow up. Well, the water's and, almost gone from the pot right now, and pretty soon the the pot's going to start glowing red. You know, I mean we yeah. we are in such a depressing time because a lot of people don't feel there's honest um, resolutions that they can go to. Meaning, if you have an election stolen from you and you have a legitimate argument, and you go to a judge, you expect an honest evaluation of your, of your, uh, of your facts, but well, that's not God the case we, anymore. Well, I was going to say, thank God that we have a, a legal system where we can sit there and, um, we have a democracy where we can vote and mm -hmm. our vote counts. Right. Right. So it's supposed to. Okay. So if you ask me yay or nay, yeah. Okay. I get my vote and I, and I have something to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God they haven't taken that away from us. Well, they have in Arizona. Oh. They have in Arizona. They Katie Hobbs, who is the Secretary of State down there, which, by the way, is a huge conflict of interest. She never recused mm. herself, so she's still the Secretary of State. She oversees the counting of the votes in her election for governor, right? So right, she, and she, that shouldn't be. So she told all of the supervisors who are supposedly given the choice of voting yay or nay mm -hmm. on the certification, she's told them, if you don't vote yay, if you don't have a positive response, you go to jail for up to five years. You risk being arrested as a felon. And Bill, if you don't believe me, here's the Mojave County supervisor yesterday when he was voting oh, on the geez. certification. Listen to this. Um, I vote aye under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, form of self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four eyes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? We're adjourned. That is not democracy. That's communism. Mm -hmm. That's not democracy. That's Nazism. What this is, is an, virtually, it, well, not virtually, it has, actually is, it's a robbery. You're being held up at with gun your point. freedom yeah. at gunpoint going, well, you will. You will fall in line and you will vote in this democratic process election by our terms. Mm -hmm. Or you will go to the gulag. So, in other words, the lady that ran for governor mm -hmm. and kind of won it, but didn't really, but, you know, it was questionable. If you want to question it, oh, you have the right. You have you know, the if right. She's so if she's so confident she won honestly, why not do it again? Why at least do an honest uh, re-vote, uh, re recount, rather. You know, I mean, she's, she's confident she won. So, if she's so confident that she won... She shouldn't have a problem with a recount or another vote altogether. But uh, mm -hmm. there's so much more to this. There is a fly in the ointment, Bill. The fly in the ointment in Arizona right now is Cochise County. The supervisors right. there have said, we're putting the vote off for a week. We're not going to vote on it right now. Which, by the way, pushes it by the deadline. There was a deadline for getting the certification done. But the Cochise Board of Supervisors said, nope. 
we're going to th- we're going to think about this for a while. We're not going to certify the election just yet. So where does it go now? Where do the uh, Arizona elections go right now? They are going to have to bring it to court, but I'm not confident that if they go to court, they'll get a fair uh, assessment of, of the situation. Meaning, I think that just like in the 2020 election, when they went to court to sue to have the mm-hmm. elections looked at, the uh, judges all seem to be on the same page. You have no standing. How do you turn around to uh, a state like Texas, for example, and this happened in 2020? How do you turn around to a state like Texas and say, uh, you can't uh, sue because you have no standing? There are 50 states. They are one of them. And the elections they felt were stolen and it affected their state, but yet they had no standing back then. I think that's going to happen this time, too. I think when Carrie Lake brings uh, her petition in front of the courts, her suit, uh, they're going to do the same thing to her. Well, it's words, but what is no standing mean because you say, well, no standing must mean you don't have any evidence or anything like that. But actually, it's probably a little more vague than that. It's just a judge going, forget it. Yeah, I'm not going to hear it because he's an appointed judge. Everyone goes, oh, you Republicans have the Supreme Court. Well, we really don't have it. But during the Obama administration and, you know, Democratic administrations, You know, liberal judges in federal positions got put in place. Mm -hmm. So, and that wasn't by accident. Trust me. That was deliberate. And that's what, you know, you call us election deniers. And what we're saying, no, we don't have a chance to make our voice heard because you basically, you know, your control, you have the power to the mic for us to say, wait a minute, what about this? And then if we do get to a mic to say something, you're going, oh, you're doing whataboutism. That's whataboutism. And yet when Donald Trump appointed judges and he had a list and he, he was pretty active appointing judges, the left said, oh, Trump is appointing too many of his type of, of judges. They never make any comments when their guy is appointing judges. You know, when Obama was filling the bench, that's that's fine. That's Okay. All, all silent. You made an interesting point before the show started. It's amazing how now the left is uh, being so helpful to the right as far as how to do things. What oh, They're making yeah, so many suggestions on how things should be done. Yeah, it was an observation watching the news, reading the news, and I'm going like, you know, all of a sudden news stories and, and different uh, Democratic operatives and, and politicians are telling Kevin McCarthy, well, what he should do and how he should act, you know, because you're going to be Speaker of the House, and this is what you really need to do. And, you know, they're they're filling the, the, the pages of news and the airwaves with all this suggestivism, uh, whatever, you know, they're, they're suggesting. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm trying to make up my own word. But, they're trying <laughs> but it was a good one, suggest- Bill. I liked it. Yeah. Suggestivism is (laughs) Say that five times real fast and you win a cookie. Uh, A trip to Hawaii, no expenses paid. Well, you don't want to go to Hawaii right now, by the way. What is it? They got. um, Oh, that's right. They got a a volcano going off, speaking of Hawaii, right? There's there's a couple of things. I'm knocking off my headphones. I saw that go. Sheet of paper here. I'm grabbing. uh, Yeah. uh, What is it? uh, Mauna Loa? It's erupting. Same to you. 
And yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's that's erupting. And then they got uh, an outbreak of uh, monkeypox. No, it's not called oh. monkeypox anymore, Bill. I hate to tell you this. Uh, they're trying to be politically correct to the monkeys. And mm-hmm. the WHO, I believe, has suggested that they, re- not suggested, actually, they have come out and said, we want to rename it. I got the article right here. WHO renames monkeypox as M-pox. M-pox. Well, just tell that to the person that wrote the damn story because I'm, <laughs> I wrote it down based on their story. Yeah. And in the story in the news, and it was a Democratic news source, uh, it's monkeypox. So if they're saying yes. that we're- Well, I know, think the they got a lot of complaints from, monkey, from monkeys. You know, and I I questioned when they said, "Oh, the monkeypox." I said, "Oh, there's there's a nightmare waiting to happen." But they'll they'll throw it at the right, you know. And it wasn't the right that invented the disease, or right. I don't or even know whether word. the right. So, I don't even know whether the right gave it the name. I think it was give, given the name by scientists. You know, yeah, it was given the and name monkeypox. Just so you know, <laughs> that's true. Anyway, getting back to the Arizona vote before we go off track mm-hmm. too far. Uh, Carrie Lake uh, did a video on where she stands right now. An interesting thing, you'll hear her say it, is that you have to have complete certification of the election before you can file your suit. Meaning, we thought she would file suit immediately when she thought it was being stolen. But apparently, Mm -hmm. the uh, crime has to take place in its entirety before you can sue. So... Uh, She explains it in the video right here. Arizona, it's Carrie Lake, and I wanted to update you on what's happening in our fight against Arizona's sham elections and those who run them. For starters, I want you to know that I am firmly in this fight with you. Maricopa County just couldn't wait to certify their botched election. The botched election where half of election day voting centers were inoperable. The botched election where election day printers caused mayhem across the county. The botched election where Arizonans were expected to wait in line two, three, four, even five hours simply to exercise their sacred right to vote. Arizonans were told to throw their vote into a drawer where it might ultimately end up in a plastic bin or a trash bag. Maricopa County, where it took two weeks to count, is the poster child for broken, botched elections. But if you bring up any of these issues, you are labeled an election denier or a conspiracy theorist. They don't want us talking about our shoddy elections under any circumstances. They shut us down and made us fear exercising our freedom of speech, and they canceled anyone who questioned past elections. Because of that, many Americans did not speak out and nothing was done to shore up elections. And now we are paying the price again. Arizona, America, if we do not stand up and speak up right now about the most dishonest elections in the history of Arizona, I truly fear for our future. Our sacred vote is supposed to be the great equalizer of the people. And right now our vote has been trampled upon. We must work hard right now to save it. This is our last chance. Those of you who are speaking out about what happened on November 8th, those who testified before the corrupt Board of Supervisors, thank you and God bless each of you. I am with you. 
here's what I'm busy working on. I'm working with a team of patriotic, talented lawyers on a legal case to challenge the botched elections. My team and I realize how important this case is and what is at stake. We will file this case in accordance with Arizona state law. And you'll want to stay tuned for this one, trust me. So many have expressed concern about Maricopa County's certification. I agree. This botched election should not be certified, especially in Maricopa County, where the Board of Supervisors are well aware of the catastrophic issues caused by maladministration of Supervisor Bill Gates and County Recorder Stephen Richer, who started a dark money pack with the sole purpose of going after me, my campaign, and our movement while they supervise the election. Let me repeat that. They ran an election with my name on the ballot and their number one political goal was to see to it that I was not elected. Can you say conflict of interest? Another member of the Board of Supervisors charged with certifying this botched election has been chosen to be on Katie Hobbs' transition team. Another conflict of interest, and perhaps the greatest conflict of interest of all, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, the woman in charge of running her own election, who did almost zero campaigning, oversaw the botched election, is now threatening counties with legal action if they do not crown her governor by certifying the election that she botched. You simply can't make this stuff up. Add to this the attorney general's letter implying wrongdoing in this election. It would give any honest person, any ethical person pause to investigate and correct any issues, even after certification. The multiple conflicts of interest, the incompetence, the maladministration, the ignorance, and the disrespect of voters is off the charts with those managing and operating our elections. We, the people, will not forget. God will not forget. And I will not quit. I want to ease your mind a bit. My case, our case, moves forward with these sham certifications. In fact, state statute requires certification before our case can move forward. Now, you know how hard I worked on the campaign trail, leading our movement to bring common sense solutions to our problems. I am taking that same work ethic and using it behind the scenes right now, building a strong legal case. While we come together on this unifying issue of restoring honesty to our elections, rest assured, Arizona, nothing will stop me from putting everything I have into reforming elections here in Arizona and in America. She's a, a terrific, talented lady, and uh, yeah, she, she has the right attitude, but I, I just have my doubts as to whether her suits are going to be successful because I feel that in 2020, there was nobody who was more obviously elected president than Donald Trump, and they stole it right out from underneath him. Right. What's and, changed? Well, nothing has changed. You know, there's there's an old saying that time heals everything but a leaky radiator. Uh, and this case is going to take some time. And I think people are fed up, and things are going to blow up. But this will stall the blow up until maybe the 2024. And that gives certain players time to get their stories together and how they're going to handle the blow up 
and point fingers. Well, it's all because of this. And it's that, you know, those those election deniers. And here's proof we're being set up to fail. I, I just don't think that uh, the system as it stands right now will be fair. It won't. These are these are left appointed judges. Mm-hmm. And see, now that, that that is something there's a lot of things that have to change. One of the things is, is when a judge gets appointed, um, it shouldn't be a, uh, a political hack judge. Now, how do you do that? How do you sit there and say, well, we can't do that. But there has to be a checks and balances. If there's not, it is not fair representation of the people for the people by the people. We're, we're beyond we that, though, Bill. We're beyond right now. We're no. beyond that. I got to question where we are as a people right now because i look around the world and i see people standing up for their rights in china in china you hear bill let me play this is what you hear right now in the streets of china you know what this is this is the sound of tanks Tanks are rolling into cities in China right now, and they're trying to intimidate the people into silence because they've had enough of the protests. Well, it's not like they haven't done it before. They're going to do it again. But you know what else, Bill? In, In 1989, in Tiananmen Square, right? they had CNN... They had all the networks were covering it. We all saw that young man stand in front of a tank and stop it by by his presence. We all saw that. But yet this was yesterday, tank after tank rolling into the city. And you you didn't see that. You didn't see it on the news bill. Nope. You're not going to see it on the news. It's a different time. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to diss Americans right now. We're spoiled. You know, and all this big news is happening, but they know that all they have to do wait is tell us everything is okay. Yeah, distract you know, them. And, and distract us with, well, don't worry. You know, you still have gas, and it's still at a good price. Of course, they're putting water in the gas, and it's not going to be good for the long haul of your car. And look at all these great things that are yeah. about to happen. We're getting, we're getting lured away uh, with smiley faces and all kinds of things that we just think is great. You know, until we suffer, we're not going to do anything. And let me tell you about, uh, tell you something sooner or later, and probably sooner, the pain is going to start. You're going to feel it. You know, it's like going into the dentist and they go, Mm -hmm. well, you got a little cavity there. Might need a root canal, but I think you're okay. We cleaned it out and we put a filling in there and then, Oh, a week goes by, you go, wow, it's a little sore here. And, you know, another week goes by, it was really sore. You're out somewhere and you go, holy hell, man, it hurts like hell. Let me tell you what's happening right now. Apple, Apple, mm-hmm. an American company, they have such an allegiance to the CCP in China that they, unbeknownst to the public in China, did an update on their software on the cell phones to take away their airdrop feature. I don't know whether you know what airdrop is, but on an iPhone, you press an airdrop feature and you can communicate from phone to phone. Meaning if I want to send you a file that says uh, protest in so-and-so square at noon, right? I can point, I can be within 
10 feet of you, my phone will find your phone. I can then download or upload my file to your phone. You have it. Apple, wanting to be a good buddy to China, took that feature away so they can't communicate with their iPhones from person to person anymore. So that's bad enough. In this country, yesterday, Elon Musk put a tweet out saying that Apple is considering removing the Twitter app from their iPhones. Now, if they take Twitter, exactly, if they take the uh, Twitter app from iPhones, that's about half the phones in the country. Half of the cell phones in the country will lose the ability to go to Twitter and communicate. Mm-hmm. And they'd be doing that. They'd be doing that for uh, the left. Apple would be yeah, doing that well, for the left. They're punishing Elon for having an opinion and a conscience that is not conservative or liberal. It's just, you know, practical and human. I mean, it's fair. And and but now he did say he did say, well, you know, if you're going to do that. I'm going to take all my Apple stock and sell it to Trump for a penny. Yeah. You know? And uh, which I think is great. But you know, it wouldn't surprise me. He is the richest man in the world, whether you want to believe it or not. So what's to stop him from turning around and doing a hostile takeover of Apple? Well, yeah, it, there, there's nothing. Now, the real, the real monster out there, though, is. Uh, w- I see it right now on my computer screen. You have it on your computer screen. You have it on your iPhone. You have it on your Android. It's it's called Google. As a matter of fact, there's a, a video out there of Ted Cruz where he's sitting there doing the investigation, uh, the, uh, investigation of the January 6th committee. I heard a guy yesterday say the real problem is not the right. It's MAGA. And I thought, ooh. He said, no, 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 not that MAGA. Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Mm-hmm. MAGA, that's what he meant. Well, Ted Cruz went after them, and what's that uh, FBI agent that was there? Ray Epps, oh, is it? Uh, oh, yeah, I, I have him right here if you want to hear what Well, he- Cruz was sitting there, and he point blank asked directly to this one lady you know, with the government, did the FBI have a plant there to start what is now known as the insurrection to encourage and take down the gay? He actually sat there with the proof showing it and photographic proof. And the lady goes, I, I can't answer that. I-, I have no, I can't. In other words, she was caught with, as they say, with the pants down or her skirt up January 6th. As it's been pre- presented to us, yeah, is a lie and well, a hoax. Listen for yourself. This is Ray Epps on January fifth, telling mm-hmm. a group of people, of protesters, what we really should do tomorrow. What we should do. This is this is Ray Epps, who is believed to be an FBI operative. What Americans are caring. Capital. Hang on. Into the Capitol. What? No! No! no. no. Peacefully. Fed. 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 
Yeah, you hear that? That's the, uh, you heard Rayeb say we have to go into the Capitol. We have to go into the Capitol. And the people, they said, no, peaceful, peaceful. Uh, and then they started to yell, fed, fed, fed. Right. Well, Ted Cruz did a pretty good uh, argument on it. But why I brought up Google, you see, Google sat there. You know, they When you open apps and do things, you give them a lot of permission. And they're in your phone. Believe it or not, more than the operating system is. And what Google did for anybody that went to January 6th, they gave up 5,900 phone sources. Oh, this was oh, sure. a phone that was there. This was their exact location. This is who owns this phone. Right. Oh, we can give you anything. They texted somebody 100 feet away. That's amazing. So, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, but they have that tracking and that that stuff on you. So what I'm saying is, and I can say this just as it's your choice. Ditch Google. Talk Dang about, them. but but see, you say that, but you have an Android phone, and and a lot I don't of use Google. Are you sure? Positive. I think isn't the Android operating system partly created by them? Could be. I don't know, but I know that I don't use. Google as a source, but it I could be. Bill, now, I think, I think we have, in there. I think we have a hard time getting away from these different companies. They all have their hands and their tentacles in, in, in every aspect of our lives now. Well, that goes back to the, uh, the, uh, podcast we did the other day where they were talking about the traffic lights and, and everything right. else that we are being monitored. Uh, we're, we're under constant surveillance and Google's a part of it, and you sit there, and I don't want to make fun of a generation, but you've got these little sycophants, these little liberals out there. They go, oh, I can take care of that. We can just watch them forever. That's democracy, because if you don't do what we want, yeah, we know how to screw with your phone, and we'll get you and lock you up, mister. Do you ever watch uh, FBI? Up. FBI is on it's a program. It's a, actually it's three different programs: FBI, FBI Most Wanted, FBI International, and they're mm -hmm. really puff pieces for the FBI to make them look like they're you know all Efren Zimbalists. But one of the things they always do is they do facial recognition, and it always amazes me when they do it. They'll they'll grab a screenshot of somebody that's blurry. They'll enhance it a little bit, you know, right in front of you, and then they'll say, "Can we get a facial recognition on that?" And the guy will do a couple of keystrokes and poof. Yeah, this is Joe Blow from so-and-so, so you know? And that means to me that that's probably pretty close to what they can do right now. They can, they can see who you are, where you are, what you're doing. They can, from the sound of your voice, they can tell who you are. They can look at your eyes and tell who you are. There's no more privacy anymore. I got to play for you one cut before I forget to do this. This is from right. this is from Cash Patel, and he was talking about how Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, lied to Congress, and he also talked about Ray Epps and and about the guys who were the uh, informants and the people who were working for the FBI in January sixth protest. And I thought it was very interesting. Listen to this from a former federal prosecutor perspective. Let me just give you that lens. If we're to believe the reporting that there's eight, not one, eight confidential human sources 
and possibly even dressed in pro-Trump gear, um, you have to hit a timeout button and say, wait a second. It's not like the FBI found these people and said on January 5th and said, go forth. A confidential human source for the Federal Bureau of Investigation requires a minimum of a six-month onboard vetting process. Then you have to go through the rules and regulations on how to be a confidential human source. And once all of that happens and the FBI does their own internal verification to approve not just your background, but your relationships and your financial stability. And do you have ties to enemies of the United States and things like that? There's an extensive process there. We exposed, we being Devin and I, when we ran Russiagate, we exposed Christopher Steele's source verification process at the FBI, which at the time was classified, but now has been put out. When the FBI themselves determined Christopher Steele would basically be a terrible source, but they decided to use him anyway because they needed him to cover up their corruption. Now let's relate that to January 6th. How do we have eight people there? And Christopher Ray, we'll get to him in a second, refuse to answer questions about it. You have to ask yourself, okay, well, that was in planning for at least a year. What was the FBI doing planning January 6th for a year? Christopher Ray has testified that the FBI never instigated or helped the January 6th protesters commit crimes. Then there was a testimony from the FBI and Christopher Ray about January 6th where he says, we, the FBI, had no evidence that January 6th was going to happen. The two cannot coexist, Jan. You either have eight confidential human sources who have been working for a year and placing them in specific groups and locations for January 6th, or you don't have evidence that January 6th was going to happen. Now we have caught Christopher Ray in yet another lie to Congress because these confidential human sources would have been reporting by mandate and the law to the FBI the entire time they were working in these groups and working with these people and working with individuals that were there on January 6th. You can't just airdrop them in. So when Christopher Ray told the world that uh, the FBI had no quality or no verifiable or credible evidence that January 6th was gonna happen, that's a complete and total lie because they had placed the FBI confidential human sources there. Now, the millions of questions that follow are, who do they place? Where do they place them? How do they verify them? What do they get paid? And then, why is the FBI lying to the world about their involvement in January 6th? And look, at the end of the day, it could be completely innocent. You have to always keep that, as a former federal prosecutor, you have to always keep that in mind. But their track record suggests strongly the opposite of the individuals we've outlined and how they've used their confidential human source corruption cover-up network to do just that, cover up the FBI and DOJ's own corruption. And if it happens yet again, I don't think that this FBI leadership has the ability to stand up in front of Congress and say, we can continue to lead the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And there needs to be some serious change. So think about it for a second. 2020, it was obvious to so many of us that there was, at the very minimum, hanky-panky in the election. Somebody was doing something somewhere that wasn't right. But yet we were told, Mm -hmm. we were shoved down our throat, it's a legitimate legal election, like it. Take it and like it. This is it. 
it's a fair election and Biden was made president legitimately. That's what we were told. And the media kept cramming this down our throat. Then we have January 6th. We all saw it on television. We were all watching. We saw the little Capitol Hill police people officers waving the people into the Capitol, not pushing them away, but saying this way to the doors. We saw the guards. We saw the Capitol Police standing on either side of the entrance as if to welcome the protesters into the Capitol. They didn't do anything to stop them. They just let them walk by. We just, we Mm -hmm. saw that. So then now on the midterms, in the midterms, we all saw what happened in Arizona. And, and you have to also say to yourself, what the heck about Pennsylvania? We had a guy who has got serious health issues that should not be on the floor of anyone's Senate, yet they vote him in to the Senate position. Do you think that was a seriously legitimate election? If you, if you are thinking rationally, like an adult, if you are using your common sense, you know it was a lie. It was a scam. Yep. You know, they're even doing pictures of Fetterman daily now. And everyone knows he's got that big lump in the back of his neck, you know, one yeah. of the sad, you know, byproducts of his stroke. But I was going, are they Photoshopping this thing? Because every day the lump seems to be getting smaller. And I looked at two different photos. I'm going, yeah, it's getting smaller. Now, is it just going away naturally or is it being Photoshopped away? You know, Bill, uh, they, you, you cannot put anything past these people. Now let's talk about the remedies again. There was no remedy to 2020, no honest remedy. Nothing happened. Nothing mm-hmm. honestly happened. There was no honest evaluation. January 6th, we had such a sham committee. It was a joke. Even the people on the left who were watching knew it was a joke. But boy, they are desperately right now trying at the last hours to make that thing uh, shine with uh, getting some witnesses. What did you? What have you said? You can you can't polish a you can't polish a, uh, a, a yeah you can't polish a turret. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. It it yeah. is. It stinks. It's lousy. They did a hatchet job. job. Yeah. So yeah, and that's what they're doing, but. But unfortunately, again, I go back to the fact that the news will cover up the the story of that turd being polished, and they will sit there and give you an alternate suggestion or outcome. But as long as you have food on your dinner table, yeah, gas in your tank, and all you got Netflix on TV, so you got a good movie to watch, eh, you're happy. But wait a second, what are you leaving your kids? What are you leaving your kids? Okay, maybe you have food in your table right now. You still can watch your favorite TV shows and football games and things like that. But you have to admit, it's getting a little tougher. It's a little tougher now than it was two years ago. You have to admit that because it is inflation. And, you know, we had Joe Biden say in 2021, in July of 2021, we had Joe Biden say this. Our economy has come roaring back. We see some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, 
that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. You hear that? Temporary. That was in July of 2021. Inflation was expected to be temporary. Then yesterday, when he was right. in Michigan, he said this. It's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels as we keep the job market resilient. And we could see setbacks along the way. Okay, so he's given up on the temporary thing. It's live with it. Inflation. Yeah, he's just he's saying what he's got to do to keep things going forward. He's been a liar all his life, and he's very he's very uh, tuned to lying. He knows how to do it, and that's what yeah. he's doing. So, do you want to believe this guy? Well, yeah, I think you want to believe him. Oh, it's going to get better. Joe says it's going to get better. So, Nothing has ever gotten better under Joe's rule in his life at all. So where are we going? Where are we going? The hell in a handbasket. <laughs> There's a case to be made for that, yes. Some people may say we're already there. I don't see a positive resolution because we haven't seen anything positive happen from the things that have happened in the recent past. God bless uh, Donald Trump. He is optimistic. He's going out there and he's putting himself on the line again. He's going to run in 2024. I don't see how he wins. If you own the voting machine, if you own the counting system, if you own the uh, appellate system where people go and appeal things, how can you possibly win again? I mean, they're well, telling us in the news that 2016 was an aberration. That was a mistake. They, they were confident that Hillary was supposed to win. Yeah, and you know, they're also telling you that all these charges against, against Trump, boy, just wait, he's going to jail. He's going to jail. He's going to be in an orange suit to match the color of his face that we put on there. Okay, Trump has actually got all these things either dismissed, thrown out, settled somehow. It doesn't matter how. The fact is, it's no longer on the books. Now, they're trying to dig up old things and resurface them, but been there, done that, and and listened to and thrown out. You can't keep bringing back the same mule when it's you know it's already glue on your stamp. <laughs> but they're 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 sitting there. They're trying to do this. The only thing they got left now is Mar you know Mr. Garland, who's trying to do the 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 Mar-a-Lago thing, which is a lie. Everybody knows it. There's something that Trump. They think he has that they want to find, and they're doing every which way that they can to try to bring the man to his knees, but he hasn't done anything wrong. They're trying to put words in his mouth, and the word is, in 2023, just a month away, he's going to be, you know, by somewhere in 2023, there's not going to be any legal woes unless the Democrats find a way to reinvent stuff, which is which is a possibility. At. Optimists out there say that, don't worry, President Trump must have something up his sleeve or he wouldn't be running again. But I don't know. But I don't know. I mean, I, I was hoping that he would have been found the winner of the 2020 election, like at least a year into it. Something would have happened in the course of the first year that would have proven that he was the winner and he would have been made president. That didn't happen. That did not happen. Well, the The position that Joe Biden is in right now only became more concrete. He, he, he dug in more. He was accepted more by the public. 
You know, I, I, except for on occasion, he'll make a he'll make a trip out to like Michigan. Yesterday, he's coming mm-hmm. out of a uh, out of a plant that he just spoken at, and uh, he was greeted by some local residents who had this to say. Oh, you got to love it, you know. He And he probably completely ignores it. He probably just labels them uh, local mega rowdies and uh, goes on his merry way. Well, but, you know, they, they they do better with Joe when they hide him in the basement <laughs> and just tell you what he said. That's true. And that's probably what they got to go back to I doing, love it when which, he was in that massive rally that you saw up in uh, the Luzerne County oh, area. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there, there had to be, well, I needed both hands to count six really? people. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Jeez. I needed these five. Did that that in includes my thumb Anderson. And I had the crowd. That included Anderson Cooper too, the guy who was doing and the. That was everybody there. Wow. You know, I'll tell you, and, and I'm going to be made fun of for saying this, but you know, you're saying you don't know. You know, everyone's going. Well, maybe Trump has something. He's got something. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Garland believes, you know, that he's got something. The Democrats believe that he's got something. And he's been quietly putting away all these little trumped-up charges against him to clear everything for his run. But, you know, he's almost charismatic in how he's presenting himself. And I don't think it's it's it might be deliberate but might not be. It just might be naturally. But maybe what he's got that he believes is something as simple as where you have faith, you have hope. And maybe yeah. he's got faith that good will prevail and we're going to have a hopeful outcome. It could be as simple as that. And they're sitting there chasing their tail and he's just operating on the good of people. Here's what I I believe. We have a deep state that Mm -hmm. is far more embedded in our society than I ever imagined. You know, if you thought it was just a deep state that was based only in Washington, I don't think so. I think it's all around the world, but I think it's all around our country, too. I think judges are involved. I think supervisors are involved. They're all affected. You say, well, why would they do that? I think it boils down to money and power, mostly money. When you have yeah. a lot of money to throw around, and you know, when you corrupt somebody, when you, when you, when you get somebody to take a bribe, you got them. All you need is one time. All you need is one judge to take a, an envelope under the table just one time right. for one little thing. Once you got them, you can get them to do anything you want. And mm-hmm. I think that's the situation we're in right now. Corruption happens at every level. There was a movie I tried to refer to uh, a week or two ago with uh, the invasion of the body snatchers. It's almost like a scene out of it. There's a modern version of it, too, where... Uh, this guy in, in the military, and he goes to a base, but it turns out everybody there has been taken over. Well, you know, this is a sci-fi movie, Bill, but the point is, the story of this is, it's like corruption. Mm-hmm. It It's a disease. It's a cancer. And it's not only entwined in our government, but it has made it down into the population. And they go, ah, oh, it's a real conspiracy. But look around you. Think about it. You know, and like that movie, when all of a sudden you catch them or they 
they're in a group and they see you, it's like this loud screech comes out of their mouth. You know, it's like, yeah, what the hell? You look at the protests in China, you look at the protests in Iran, you look at the protests in Brazil, and maybe they're just a stage or two ahead of us. What am I talking about, a stage or two ahead? Maybe they've gone through what we're going through now, acceptance. Maybe we, they've already gone through that phase of, well, well, we'll just do our thing and everything will be okay and we still can put our food on the table and feed our families and I, we still got jobs so we shouldn't complain. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've gone through that now. Maybe, maybe they're beyond that. Maybe we haven't gone through that yet. How would, how would our country react if there were thousands of Americans on the streets protesting? How would we, well, we kind of know how it would react. We saw the, the little example of it on January 6th. They planted people in the crowds and they arrested some citizens who are still in jail. As a matter of fact, one was found guilty yesterday by a D.C. leftist judge. So they're getting well, the results they want, too, in court. So If you know somebody that was there... And they might have just went way back in the crowd. They go, boy, you know, that was crazy, but I'm home now. Glad to be home. And they send you a text. Well, their phone was already recorded that they were there at January 6th, even though they may have been, may have been over at the stage watching Trump. But their phone had been ID'd and tracked, which means that anybody that that person calls or talks to innocently or whatnot yep. is now being monitored. You're on the radar. Yep. You're on the radar. So if you had a friend that was there, hate to tell you this, you're on the radar. You know, you got a friend of a friend that was there, you're probably on the radar. So what does it take for us to take back our country? What does it take for the United States to become the United States again? I'm not well, trying. I'm, I not, I, I, I'm not suggesting violence i'm not suggesting but what do what do we do what recourse do we have as americans right now if we all well, know that the elections are being stolen what do we do well if the left has communicated anything they've done it through movies so if we go by movies yeah there's a lot of violence ahead because that's how they portray it in movies we all saw what happened to ashley babbitt in the in the capitol she was shot point uh -huh. blank dead by a Capitol uh, police officer. If Ashley Babbitt was a leftist Antifa who was shot point blank by a police officer, do you think it would have been brushed aside? Do you think that Lester Holt would have done a one-on-one -on -one interview with the officer who did the shooting and make him out to be a friggin' hero when, in my estimation, he was a cold-blooded murderer? Mm -hmm. No, I... Look... I think that she was she was targeted, and I think that she is an example. They use her they use her death to, to blame it on on the right, but that has or make her an unpatriot. They're they're trying to oh my god, she was fourteen years in the air force, fourteen Look, years in the air force. For you and for me, it's it's a message, and that message is, you mess with us, you're next. You know if. If we had shot in Seattle or Portland an Antifa protester, point blank, and killed him, if an officer had done that, I venture to say that that police officer probably would have been arrested. Well, we, we saw what happened to, was it George Floyd, the officer who mm -hmm. was arresting George Floyd.
A lot of people will tell you that George Floyd was, it was proven that the coroner said he was, uh, he was high on, on drugs. I think he had fentanyl in his system. Yeah, and well, then there's, you know, there, there, there's no telling where that would have ended anyway. And with the fentanyl in the system uh, and everything else, he was not in control of his body, his situation, or anything. And he was an endangerment to anybody He was saying around. he couldn't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And some people say that he was saying he can't breathe because, not because of the knee, but because of the drugs. But, you know, you don't hear that. He was a little overweight, too, was he? He was a little overweight, too, right? The media doesn't, but the media does not investigate those things anymore. The media doesn't do the follow-up on stories. It doesn't do follow-up on stories it doesn't want you to know about. Uh, In a panic situation, and you're a little overweight and you are in your chest, you're going to believe you can't breathe. You can breathe, but you're going to believe you can't. You're going to, you're panicking. Now you add drugs into that situation. Now I'm not saying anything here. I mean, we had a trial, we had an outcome. We have to accept the coroner. The coroner said that he had these things in his system and that he was having problems because of the drugs that's Mm -hmm. in the, that's in the autopsy. So, but we ignored the aut- autopsy. You well, know? you have you ever been called to jury duty? Oh yeah. Okay, because and both sides interview. You know the prosecution and the defense. Now, depending on who's representing who, they ask you questions because if they find out that, you know, do you believe in capital punishment? Well, the defense wants <laughs> you the hell out of there. Uh, my son got a thing for jury duty, and he was asked several questions. But the one key question he was asked is about, do you have a relative that's, you know, a police officer or in law enforcement? Well, the answer to that was yes. And right away, two days later, you're not going to be needed for uh, jury duty. We're, no, you're, you're permanently excused. And I'm like going, uh-huh. And it's just they, they want I've been, to have. I've been called for jury duty at least twice. And uh, never selected. I don't know why. Maybe because they didn't. Of the media, the media, because yeah. you were exposed. Now that could be a little bit different now. But the point is, is that they are cherry picking. You know, uh, you know, you will be uh, tried uh, in a jury by your peers. Yeah, your peers are being selected for you and don't really represent. You know. Uh, you know, it's it's fiction and reality. They re- they represent fiction. We're going to end the show with this little uh, tidbit here. I don't know that you heard right. about this. As you probably are aware, the Biden family spent their Thanksgiving weekend uh, on Nantucket, a beautiful island uh, just off the coast of Cape Cod. Beautiful, beautiful place. Very quaint, very picturesque. Uh, they had flown into an airport on Nantucket, and they had rented, believe it or not, the Secret Service had their own, I guess they had their own cars, but they also had rented a, yeah. a bunch of cars too. Five SUVs from Hertz. They used them. They drove them around. The president was in them. The family was in them. It was great. Then they brought the five SUVs back to the rental place, and a few hours later, all five of the of the SUVs burst into flames and were destroyed for no good reason. Now, the first thing you think of is, well, were they electric? No, they were gasoline. That's right. They were running on that old stuff. And uh, 
the interesting thing is they're trying to say this. Well, one of the SUVs had a recall on the carburetor or some or on the battery or something, and uh, that may have been the problem. It may have caught fire and may have caused all the other cars to burn. But I've seen pictures of the SUVs. They were stacked nose to nose, three in one row, two in another row. Okay, so if one of them caught fire. Why is it that the engine areas of all five cars were the only things that burned? It wasn't the, the uh, rest of the car that caught fire, just the engine housing. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's almost like, and I, Tucker Carlson was kidding yesterday on his show. I think he said it was divine intervention. Even the guy upstairs wasn't happy with what Biden's been doing, and he wanted to let his displeasure be known by burning up the cars the, the story is strange and there's more to that story than meets the eye those things didn't didn't just spontaneously uh, they were off go into, yeah the engines weren't on you know yeah, i know they try to so, make it sound like it well it was a it was a problem with the uh, recall on that battery and it, 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 but the cars were stopped you know, they were lights out in the parking lot. By the way, they were 40 feet away from a 25,000-gallon airline fuel container that could have blown up and made a big hole in Nantucket, you know. You know, you got to wonder if there was foul play there and it was mistimed foul play. I thought the same thing, Bill. I thought the you know? same thing. And would they tell us? Would they tell? The other thing that surprised me, what were they doing renting rental cars for the president's entourage, his motorcade? Well, that's just it. We have those, and they fly them in. Yes. Why didn't they well, just— If the plane wouldn't fit in the airport, they could have landed at a bigger airport and drove them over. That's it. Been, well, they, they could have ferried them over. They could have put the cars on a ferry boat and taken them out to Nantucket uh, in, in advance. They could have had all the, pro the professional vehicles that we pay for. If the entire vehicles burn up, then what was in those vehicles that they don't want anybody to know? But the, the engine compartment's going, that's suspicious, and that means that, yeah, but there they, was something set to go, or maybe. But we haven't had a straight answer from this administration since they got into office. Why should they start now? But, you know, nobody's worried about it, apparently. So, if anything, it was a message of some sort or a signal. It might have been. It might have been. And I think that we're going to leave our show with that. What was the signal? What was the message? Be listening again tomorrow at the same time for the next version of It's Another Day. It's another conspiracy. Yes. Hey, buddy, have a great day. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll see you. Bye. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America.